ESPN College Football Podcast, hosted by Paul Feinbaum and Matt Barry. Our apologies for the late edition of the ESPN College Football Podcast. Paul Feinbaum and Matt Barry alongside. We recorded at our normal Sunday morning time, had just a spectacular program lined up for you guys. And then the breaking news hit in Gainesville, which is why we are here a little bit later than we'd like to be for you on a Sunday after a busy Saturday of week 12 of the college football season. But again, the breaking news coming out of college football, Dan Mullen relieved of his duties as head coach of Florida into his fourth season, not going to make it out of his fourth season. Another marquee job comes open. Paul, initially just your thoughts on Florida pulling the trigger, Strickland pulling the trigger, and now add Florida to the open job list. Well, he had no choice, Matt. I said to you uh, mid-morning that I felt like he was on life support, and the, the, the tug-of-war down in Gainesville was, do we wait a week? Do we owe it to the players and let them have senior day? And, you know, the, the old line that, uh, that Strickland's predecessor, Jeremy Foley, once said, if if it's inevitable, do it immediately, I think, ruled the day. They, they figured, why wait? Uh, and, and by the way, what if he wins that game? It really doesn't mean anything. The, the, the atmosphere down there had grown toxic. Many of the uh, former players, and I'm talking about pre-Urban Meyer days, had turned against Mullen. And Strickland had no choice. For all the pundits who felt like Scott Strickland would save Dan Mullen because they were together at Mississippi State, they forgot one important factor that Scott Strickland can lose his job too if he's not careful. So right. he uh, he did exactly what Dan Mullen did two weeks ago by by sacrificing two coaches. Uh, Scott Strickland sacrificed Dan Mullen today because uh, it was the right thing to do. You know, we're gonna attack this from from multiple angles because I I find it fascinating of how these things go down. And you and I, on, the, on this version of the podcast, we talk about the coaching carousel and, and the dynamics of an administration within the college football coaching world. And Dan Mullen, in his time at Florida, he wraps up with a 34-15 and 15 record overall. They just won the SEC East in 2020. They took Alabama to the brink in the SEC championship. If I'm not mistaken, in Mullen's three years there at Florida, I think he finished ranked sixth, seventh, and 12th, which is that's your top 12 program every year you've been there. You've won the SEC East. I find Mullen's fall probably much greater than what we saw at, at, at Orgeron at LSU. And here's why I say that. Dan Mullen was an established, successful head coach in the STC while at Mississippi state, the Ed Orgeron era at Ole Miss was widely mocked during before and after. So this was shocking to me, the way that they have fallen. We could sit here and debate whether or not this was warranted to get him out of there, but from where he was, Paul years, one, two, and even last year to now being unemployed, I find this fall absolutely stunning. It's, 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 it's true, Matt, and I understand it. Uh, and certainly you, you're as close to college football as anyone, but it's the new normal in college football. Uh, what we are seeing now is, is just the way this game is, is, is operating because of a lot of the things that we've talked about over these 12 weeks, uh, especially social media. 
social media puts pressure on, on athletic directors and they feel it and their bosses feel it and hear it. And, and what the reality is, I have no earthly idea. Dan Mullen, when he got the job, was coveted. Uh, it's worth going back. And I know that we'll, we'll, we want to react and look ahead. But Scott Strickland, after he fired Jim McElwain, offered the job to Chip Kelly. He thought yeah. about it. He almost took it. He finally turned it down. The job next went to Scott Frost. He turned it down. And Dan Mullen was on the verge of taking the Tennessee job after Butch Jones. And he ended up uh, getting the call. Jimmy Sexton got the call. And they, they quickly moved from Tennessee to Florida. So that, that was the beginning. And he lit it up. People were excited. He won New Year's Six Bowl games uh, last year. Uh, you know, had a phenomenal season uh, in, until the end. It, it really, it, it, it just came apart late, uh, especially uh, against LSU. That game, remember the famous yeah. shoe game, uh, which they should have won. They didn't against LSU. And then they lost the uh, SEC championship game. And then they just laid an egg in the, I think it was the Cotton Bowl against, uh, was it Oklahoma? When half the team didn't show up. Uh, it, yeah, it the just, opt outs. It, yeah, it, it was just a disastrous finish. And there were some NCAA issues in the offseason, a show cause. And the optimism this year wasn't as high, but it was still pretty high. And, 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 I, and listen, uh, we, we know the Alabama game. And, and then uh, it just started to unravel. The Kentucky game was, was, uh, was a killer. Uh, the Florida game made it worse. But the, but the season, but Mullen's career really, uh, dipped at its deepest point really that South Carolina game when they didn't show up the Sanford game followed and then the Missouri game uh the the clock was already ticking uh the hangman's noose had already been made and it's it's possible he would have been fired whether he he won the Missouri FSU game or not that's how bad things had gotten you know and and I'm listening to all of this and I'm thinking okay in his first three seasons he led Florida to three New Year's six games and in those three seasons, he's leading Florida New Year's six games. He had to contend with LSU 2019 all-time team. He had to contend with Alabama last year that backed up LSU's all-time team with an all-time team going undefeated. And then he's got one of those. So he, yeah, so first year was not LSU's all-time team. That was his second year. Third year was Alabama last year, and this is fourth year. I just don't know, Paul what else he was supposed to do in two of those four years, two of those four years, he went, look, he made Kyle Trask a thing and they went toe to toe with Alabama in the sec championship. But what was he supposed to do with that LSU team? What was he supposed to do with last year's Alabama team? So that leaves year one in this year. And I just don't know two of those years they're gone because you're not beating either of those teams. You're just not in three new Year's six games in four tries. This year's the one outlier. What are they expecting? What you can't have a bad year as a head coach anymore. Is that where we're at in college football? It's not that simple, Matt, from, from, I think the Florida standpoint, what concerned Florida people more than anything else was the trajectory of recruiting. Mullen had top 10 classes, but you know what, when Alabama and Georgia and Texas A&M are now in LSU, most years are locked into the top five or six, a top 10 doesn't do you very much good. You're still fourth or fifth in the SEC or, or fifth or sixth. And this year, recruiting fell apart. So that's where it hurt. 
And on top of that, Mullen looked, never looked like he liked recruiting. Uh, that question that came up a couple of weeks ago, you remember at the press conference right after yep. the, the Florida Georgia game, uh, where Kirby Smart had said after the game that, uh, you know, he takes time away from his family as much as he hates to do it, but he has to recruit. And Dan Mullen basically figured, we'll talk, we, you know, we talk about recruiting the offseason, but there is no offseason. The national signing date is, I think, December 15th. Uh, and, and that answer rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And that, that's a, I, 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 I will say that Mullen was a good coach for them. He was Steve Spurrier Jr. in many respects. Uh, he had the visor. He had the offense. Uh, he had the quirky personality, but he couldn't recruit well enough. And the Florida people uh, are cannibalistic. They do eat their own. And, and what I'm about to tell you, Matt, you already know, but I'll say it anyway. Outside of Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer, that's, uh, Florida is where coaches go to get fired. Ron Zook, who took, uh, who fo followed Spurrier, got fired. Uh, he wasn't a bad coach. Beat FSU his last year there, which used to be the, the decider. And, and then, you know, Muschamp turned out to be a, a very expensive disaster, and McElwain was even worse, and now Mullen. So uh, since Urban Meyer, we have now seen Mullen, uh, Muschamp, uh, McElwain, and, and Mullen all fired, three, the, three, the three musketeers. His winning percentage is only behind Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier. The two all-time greats with which coaches in the standard in Gainesville are going to be measured moving forward. And the recruiting wars in college football now, and you'd bet like Kirby Smart's just out recruiting everyone, and that includes Alabama. His classes are typically ranked as high, if not higher than Alabama's. So Kirby Smart in the SEC East is a recruiting machine. He is just, he's a maniac when it comes to recruiting. He'll do morning, noon, and night to get the talent that he needs. Tennessee appears to be on its way up with Josh Heupel in year one. Can they restore that brand? When you look at the SEC East, it has always been Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. And right now in that pecking order, it's Georgia and then everybody else. I just, as we sit here today, 11 FBS jobs are open. Three of them have already been filled. I don't know where this gets Florida. And I need someone to explain to me. Are you going all in on Lane Kiffin? Are you going all in on Billy Napier? Who's the guy? If you can't let Dan Mullen, a guy that's given you three New Year's six games in his first three seasons, if you can't let him have a bad season, find me someone out there that's going to take this job that's going to do better in year one. Who's out there? Well, uh, you mentioned the hot names, and and you know, Napier, I think, seems to be the flavor of the month. But listen, we 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 watched this before. James Franklin was the absolute choice at SC, and Mel Tucker was the guy at LSU, and things change with time. What you're hearing and reading today, Matt, I am telling you, is being fed by Jimmy Sexton. I just know how that that game is played. Don't ask me how I know, and it's I, I don't know who the right cho choice is yet. But I have a feeling Scott Strickland has a pretty good idea who it was. I, 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 don't, think he, I don't think he would have walked in today and pulled this trigger to start a coaching search. I think he's been thinking about it for a couple of weeks. And I have a, I have a, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a feeling that he, he has one or two guys pretty well established in his head. So that sounds a la Tom Herman, Texas, Steve Sarkeesian. We, didn't think, we thought Herman was safe. And then out of nowhere, they call – they fire Herman, and then I think it was a day later or two days later, Sark's the head coach. So they obviously had the guy that they wanted after they made the move, and it's possible that Strickland's got the guy. But 
I'll say it again. And I say this on our podcast all the time. I say it on TV. If you're getting rid of a guy, you had best know who the replacement's going to be. Because right now in the SEC, there are, I don't know, help me out, four coaches that are national attention coaches. Kirby and Nick are obviously the stars in the conference. Lane Kiffin's star is on the ride again at Ole Miss. I had mentioned Josh Heupel. Jimbo Fisher. Uh, Mike Jimbo Fisher is doing great things at Texas A&M. Those are three, the three stars, yes. Kirby, Nick, Jimbo. It appears, uh, you know, Mike Leach has got that thing on its way with Real Rogers and Mississippi State. So there are coaching stars that are out there. Shane Beamer had a nice win against Auburn. Uh, Brian Harson's a new coach. That jury's out. Now you're going to bring in a new guy that, probably not going to have any SEC experience and you're going to expect of him to go toe to toe with three of the biggest names in the sport and say, Hey, last guy had the third highest winning percentage behind Steve Spurrier and urban Meyer, but good luck. Go get him. No, it's true. Uh, and uh, this isn't, this is not an easy job. And, 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 and I think Matt, the, the difficulty of this job is there is a lot of championships on the trophy case. And there's a lot of tradition, but there's not much present. Uh, this is a program that has lost to a bad LSU program two years in a row. This is a program that's lost to Kentucky uh, two out of the last four years. This is no. This is a program that has that has just lost to South Carolina and Missouri with, with a coach, by the way. And we can double check this, but I think Dan Mullen got an extension in this calendar year. He did. Yeah, he did. The buyout's twelve million. I don't, I, how does this happen? It's a, it's a circus. And that's what we talk about all the time. And I think he, he signed the extension after going toe to toe with Alabama in the sec championship game. And now they owe the guy $12 million in a buyout at some point. And this is on the heels of the reported story that Mel Tucker in, in Michigan State was working on a $95 million extension for Mel Tucker, who just got blown off the field Saturday against Ohio State. At some point, an AD or someone's going to have to call Jimmy Sexton's bluff because now Florida has just kicked the guy to the curb that had one bad year. They got to pay him $12 million. They're building those brand new facilities that are finally on par with everybody else in the SEC. You've got to get this higher right. I just don't like that we're in a college football world where you're not allowed to have a bad year. Because in my opinion, every time you have a bad year or you have one, and that would appear to be an outlier in Mullen's 3.95 years at Florida, you're going to set yourself back another two. Are you telling me there's one guy out there that can come in and say, all right, here we go. I'm the new head ball coach at Florida, and we're going to beat Georgia next year and win the East. Is that guy out there? My answer is no. Well, let me, I, I just happened as we we're talking, I, I was looking at, at various stories, and I'm, I'm just going to use the one in front of me as an example. Sports Illustrated, Richard Johnson, very well-known uh, writer there. He's, he works with us as well at the at SEC. He just said these – he just listed – he said some of the sport's biggest programs are on the hunt for a new head coach. Who is next in line? The, who are the coaches out there? Okay? Lane Kiffin, Jake Franklin, 
Mel Tucker, Jimbo Fisher, Billy Napier, Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell. Now, of that group, Jimbo Fisher's not leaving. Mel Tucker's nope. not leaving. Nope. So uh, you have so then you have Fickle and Matt Campbell Napier, whose names come up for every job in America. And James Franklin, who you tell me, uh, how happy is his own fan base with him right now? They're not. They they're they're not. And I mean, and, and look at Matt Campbell's another one. He's done remarkable things at Iowa State. They were picked by many to win the Big Twelve. Oh yeah. What are they? Six and five now. And and, they, yeah, and they, and they were they were a Final Four pick by a lot of our colleagues. I and I mean this as respectfully as I can. I don't even know if we know what kind of coach Mel Tucker is yet. He had one year as the head coach at Colorado, and they were okay. And he's had two years at Michigan State. He was four and seven in, in pandemic year. That's their second loss of the year. They had beaten anybody great. And yesterday just proved how far they are from actually being a real top 10 team. So what do we even know about Mel Tucker enough to put him on top of that list? And there are so many, there are so many open jobs and the names that you just listed. I mean, fine. If you think that they're better than what you had, then, you know, go for it. It was uh, it was last January that Ad, I think it was Adam Schefter reported about 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 Dan Mullen that, that he was looking for an NFL job. <laughs> and I think I mean I think Dan Mullen uh, and all these names it's about fit, Matt. And I think in the end Dan Mullen was not a great fit at Florida uh, because he's he's, he's quirky. Uh, and you know, I, I think, I think Dan Mullen is a good football coach and he'll, he may not wait long to recover. Uh, if, I mean, he, I'm, I'm not ruling him out for some of these jobs. He got out of there before a lot of people realized how bad things were, but back to your, back to the original point there, there are, I, I can't tell you other, of the names we just got through mentioning, there's only one on that list. I would tell you, I would absolutely be confident of if he went to one of those schools to be successful. It's the same That's one. Him. What is this with Jimbo Fisher? He's not going anywhere. No. He's got a top 10 job. He gets paid top two money. He's going to have a top five class. What is it with people thinking that they can go out and be like, oh, Jimbo, Florida is a better job than Texas A&M. I've got news for you. It's not. But, but here's, here, here's where, where I think if you, if you do a, an autopsy on these, these coaching fires, a lot of times – you know, they are athletic directors under extreme pressure because they're trying to mask their own mistakes. Scott Strickland hired Dan Mullen at Florida. Now, some of you out in the hinterlands are going, well, okay, well, what's the big deal there? Well, here's the big deal. They worked together at Mississippi State and Strickland went to Florida and he, he, did, he didn't make Dan his first choice. He was his third yeah. choice. Right. And yeah, I don't know what, uh, you know exactly happened in Mississippi State, but I do know a lot of people at Mississippi State were glad Dan Mullen left because he was looking for a job for the last three or four years that he was there. Dan is a guy that wears that wears out quickly. Uh, he, he, he's a he's an Urban Meyer protege. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Another story that's out. Chris Vanini of the Athletic does a great job uh, as well covering the sport and the names that he's thrown out. There's the same names we've all been throwing out: Lane Kiffin. Mark Stoops, Mel Tucker, Dave Clawson, Billy Napier, Dan Lanning, Georgia defensive coordinator, 
Todd Munkin, Georgia offensive coordinator, are the names that he throws out there that could be connected to this job. On that list, we, Jimbo wasn't on, Jimbo wasn't on that list. So in that case, I'd lean lane. I'd lean lane. But I, I well, think. If, go yeah, ahead. I, it, I, I can tell you, it's not going to be the two assistants at Georgia. No, it's not, it won't be those two. And if Miami comes open, I'm not even sure Lane wouldn't take Miami over Florida. I think Lane is a name to watch very closely right now because, uh, you know, Florida, Miami, I, I think those are two very likely possibilities. Uh, this is a huge hire for, for, for the athletic director. And I, I, I keep saying that. I, th- these are the people I spend a, uh, as much time with as coaches, Matt. And they have to, you know, they, you don't have to win the press conference, but this is one you do have to win the press conference because you just fired a guy that until six weeks ago was popular in the state. I mean, I, I don't know when I've seen a coach uh, draw. I mean, this is like watching the stock market on, on, on like Black Monday. Uh, I mean, this guy's, there was no bottom for Dan Mullen. Um, but if you go back to even, even early in the season, uh, you know, the, the Alabama game was, was a moral victory. Uh, you know, even into October, things were still going okay. Uh, and, and we're now at November, uh, we're taping this on November 21st, and the guy's fired. I mean, you're right. So that's, that puts pressure on the AD uh, because this was his guy, uh, Matt, and that's why he couldn't afford to stay with him. I mean, you would have probably allowed him to have another year, but you, do, you know who, do you know who this, uh, do you know who this uh, club opens with next year? First game of the season? I don't. No. Utah. And Utah is young and Utah is good. And he comes from the Utah tree with Urban Meyer. It's in Gainesville. And the problem is, I'm just arguing, if you if you kept him and you lose the Utah game at home, then the pressure just metastasizes. And then you've got the normal. Uh, you're in Knoxville next year. You've got Georgia, of course, and uh, and all the usual suspects. So it, it, the schedule was other than Utah wasn't as, uh, as 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 as. But let me stop myself. When you lose to South Carolina, Missouri, the schedule next year doesn't matter. Which job is better in your mind, LSU or Florida? LSU. Uh, Agreed, I think, and I don't think yeah. it's close. No, the talent the talent pool is much better. You are you own your own state. I mean, Nick Saban has made a living down there, but you you can you can put some borders up, and you're not fighting FSU and Miami. Now, it, it's the fact that Mike Norvell might have the ascending program in that state, and he was on the chopping block a couple of weeks ago is yep. even even is even more surprising. Yeah, and here's here's what I find alarming. If I'm one of these coaches, like you mentioned James Franklin for whatever reason, he you look he did something historic at Vanderbilt, which was. I think they were nine and three, two years while he was there, which is, is unheard of in Vanderbilt history. He goes to Penn state after Bill O'Brien got that program through the darkest days of that program's history in the Jerry Sandusky scandal. And he goes in and he can recruit and he's one of the brighter stars in the game, but you'd mentioned it. How hot is his stock right now? Are you willing to say, if you're the program, say James Franklin's the guy maybe because I think recruiting right now is Florida's biggest pet peeve. I don't think the the Dan Mullen conversation got really hot until the recruiting comment. 
And when they're recruiting no. press conference, thing, that's when it started happening. So it seems to me like Florida's looking for one of those guys that eats, sleeps, and drinks recruiting. That's what it looks like to me. But with USC open and with LSU open and with Virginia Tech open and with TBD open, Florida has put themselves in a spot where if I'm one of these hot candidates, you mentioned Luke Fickle, you mentioned James Franklin, Lane Kiffin. Are you really willing to go to one of these jobs that just canned a coach after three New Year's Six Bowl games? If I'm no. Billy Napier, and Billy's very pragmatic with how he handles things. He's waiting for the place where everything sinks up. If I'm Billy Napier with all the options I may have, am I taking the Florida one with what just happened there? I don't know. Well, I'm very suspicious of one thing. Uh, why was Billy Napier the first name attached to this job? Uh, that 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 is, you know, I'm, I'm I overthink things sometimes, Matt. But but I also know how agents work, and I'll leave it at that. But there there's a re- there's a reason. I I don't I don't think that means he has the job, but I do think it means that his agents are pushing him toward that job and letting somebody down there at Florida know if you want him, you've got about twelve hours to cut right. a deal. Yeah, and, and and Billy he turned down the job at South Carolina. We know that. Right. And I believe he turned down the job at Auburn. They I believe. Have. So I, I think there's a game going on, and uh, it's interesting that that uh, Jim. Uh, that, excuse me, I'm getting my 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 Jimmy Sexton clients confused here. Dan Mullen is a fairly recent Jimmy Sexton client. He did not have him until he uh, made the decision to go to to Florida. Yeah, he was using somebody else, and he was very un- dissatisfied with them. But uh, I think I think a lot of things got Mullen that does it really doesn't matter. Once a coach uh, gets fired, that, that news is over, as you know, Matt. Uh, it, it's all about who's next. And I, I just I know Scott very well, Scott Strickland, and he's under fire. I suspect he'll cut a deal quickly. And, and the reason why you need you need somebody quickly is next Saturday is a very important benchmark. That's yep. the last game for LSU. It's the last game for Florida that matters. And you need a coach in there by Monday because that recruiting deadline is upon you very quickly. Yeah, and, and you're right. That December 15th uh, signing day, I think, has caused more harm than good, if you ask me, because now these coaches are getting fired so quickly to get guys in there to salvage some semblance of a recruiting class by December 15th. But typically, you're right. When there's a coach that automatically just kind of bubbles up, right, like Napier did, and the timing of this – Napier is going to be a hot candidate. I don't know that he was big enough for Woodward at LSU. We know how he likes to swing for the fences. Um, and maybe Napier is the guy. He's 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 taking but, his time to, to, to but, get the job. But, but, you, but do you fire – I mean, I asked this rhetorically, I guess, but do you, do you fire Dan Mullen for, for Billy Napier? No. And that was my point earlier. You are banking on finding the next Urban Meyer, which is – Getting a guy from Utah who wasn't a Pac-12 team at the time. I believe they were, what, Mountain West at the time? Right, right. And you look at Urban Star. He went from Bowling Green to Utah to Florida, and the rest is history. Napier went from assistant head coach and offensive coordinator at Arizona State to head coach at Louisiana to now being mentioned for every opening. Maybe that maybe that's who they see. Maybe they see the next great coach. I, I don't know. Look, and by the way, you know this. Guess who still roams the halls there in Gainesville as an ambassador for the university and is very prominent in that community still? Steve Spurrier. And, that, 
And this is just my theory, and Steve, Steve can shoot it down tomorrow. He's welcome to. I think Spurrier was involved in this. Uh, Dan Mullen lives across, excuse me, I, I'm going to get my, it's been a confusing day. I apologize, folks. Scott Strickland lives across the street from Steve Spurrier. Spurrier hangs out with Strickland in the box all the time. They're close. And the, the Spurrier wing of the party <laughs> had had enough of Dan Mullen. They did not like his attitude. They didn't like his quirkiness. Uh, they didn't like the way he, uh, you know, berated assistant coaches in front of others, and it rubbed them the wrong way. Uh, that, that much I can tell you. Uh, I'm not saying Steve Spurrier pulled the trigger, but I sincerely doubt this decision was made without Steve Spurrier's blessing. Okay, so having said that, and I find that very telling, and I, I- and I, I would agree with you. This guy built Florida football. He, you can't even, there's not even record of him being the South Carolina football coach. Which no, I find no. I mean, he just left Columbia. He's like, Hey, I'm back in Gainesville. So knowing that and believing that who is the most spurrier guy out there? Cause you know, as well as I do, when Strickland's batting around candidates, he's going to go talk to the visor guy and say, Hey, you know, what do you think of Napier? What do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? It would be an offensive coach based on that. And, and that's where Dan Mullen pleased people. But they hated Jim McElwain uh, and, and Muschamp because the offense, they want they to see explosion down there. So I, I, it's not Luke Fickle. I mean, Luke Fickle uh, is knocking on the door of the playoffs, a subject that normally we would have spent a lot of time talking about. And you're not, you're not leaving a playoff team for a job. You, you, can, you can do better. Uh, you don't have to worry about that if you take Cincinnati to the playoffs. Then they're going to be in the Big 12. So you're sitting on a Big 12 job. We know this about Luke Fickle. He loves that area. He's got a big family. His kids have grown up in that area. He was an Ohio State guy. He was the interim coach at Ohio State. That's his region. The only threat I think Luke Fickle has of leaving Cincinnati is if James Franklin were to pull the trigger on one of these jobs and he would take the Penn State job tomorrow. But other than that, I don't think he's a threat to move anywhere south or anywhere west. This Look, I don't see Franklin in Florida. I just think that I don't think that one works. It's just, I don't know. I throw up my hands because if look in, in a lot of these times, Paul, things going on internally, we believe there was a lot of internal stuff that cost Ogeron his job at LSU. We know there was internal stuff that cost Jimmy Lake, his job at Washington. It sounds like if you ruffle, feathers internally if you have a losing season it's very easy to say you know what see ya we're good well and i think the the internals uh were obvious but i think the external things hurt dan mullen as well he just he even last monday i believe matt he was fighting with the media uh you know he put on that happy front about celebrating the Sanford game at Rub. It, you know that Rub Spurrier's, Spurrier's crowd the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And you, you just don't do that. And, and, and the, the, the media didn't get Dan Mullen fired. Dan Mullen got Dan Mullen fired. Uh, and, and I think ultimately uh, you know, the Missouri game just pushed it over the top. And then the, the gamesmanship. I mean, there, there is Eli Drinkwitz, who, who has a, a little bit of Spurrier in him, by the way. He does checking 
Mullins, Darth Vader outfit from last Halloween after he beat Missouri. And, and that was, uh, that, that was another thing that rubbed people wrong, but, but all those things didn't matter because they beat Georgia last year. Uh, Florida got to the SEC game, gave, gave Saban a, a rough go of it, even though, by, by the way, if, even if Alabama lost that game, they would have still been the number two seed. So right. uh, it, it didn't that, – that, none of that really mattered. Uh, and, and the quarterback situation there, remember uh, AR-15, uh, they, 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 they need a coach that makes sure he doesn't bail out. There are a lot of bad signs there. So it, it, that's inevitable. But I, I, I just have to believe uh, that uh, this is not something that's going to last very long in terms of a coaching. So this is not going to be LSU going on for two months. All right. So and if you're keeping track at home, the Will Muschamp era spiraled out of, spiraled out of control. The Jim McElwain era spiraled out of control. And now this one. And of the two SEC jobs that are open, I don't believe we could go through this quickly. I think this will be it in the SEC. I don't see any of the other jobs. The Mississippi schools are fine. Mine is if Lane Kiffin were to leave. That wouldn't be because he was let go. That'd be because he chose another job. But every other job is is pretty well and secure. So you're going to have two SEC jobs open, and two of these are programs where you can win big. Yeah. Uh, between Florida and LSU, there are, let me think, uh, six national championships uh, mm-hmm. in, in the last tw- – since 1996. Uh, Florida won in 96 under Spurrier, and they won two uh, – you know, they won in uh, 06 and – 08 under Urban Meyer and LSU won in, in yes. 03. Uh, Saban, less miles. Two years and, ago. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, th- these are legitimate programs. Uh, Georgia hasn't won a national championship since 1980. Yep. They haven't been 11 and 0 since 1982. So, before we get to headlines uh, and wrap up this wild edition of the ESPN College Football Podcast, Paul, I'll leave you with this. Do you believe Florida made the correct decision? Yes, I do. Uh, and, I, and Matt, I, I, I fully understand all of your, 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 your comments. And, and in, a, in, a, in a normal situation, the pragmatic way would be a good one. Uh, here, here's one bit of precedent that I want to offer, and I think this is what ha- has haunted Florida. In 2013, Florida, uh, late in the year, it was on the, the, may have been on this weekend, uh, for, in fact, the, the Cupcake weekend, that Will Muschamp lost, it, lost a game to Georgia Southern. Yep. Jeremy, Jeremy Foley agonized and he decided to keep him, which blew up in his face. And I think that one thing uh, may have may have cost Dan Mullen. I know that sounds crazy. It was eight years ago this weekend. Mm-hmm. But the idea of letting him come back without any way to really uh, energize his fan base. And the, I think the biggest problem with well, two big problems, one is Georgia It's just flat out their biggest rival is knocking on the door of, of stardom and a possible national championship. It would be an upset right now. Georgia doesn't win a national championship. And secondly, the recruiting year had been wiped out. Uh, Mullen had done so much damage to it. They were way, they were in the twenties or thirties in some of the rankings. I don't think they could have recovered that, especially after the Missouri loss. So you're, you're wiping out a year in recruiting and you're just really putting off the inevitable. 
And I don't recall where I read this with all the stories that are out there, but with recruiting with Mullen, someone had said it's not that he can't, it's just that he doesn't really take much interest in it. But when he wants to, he's one of the most charming recruiters out there in the country. So 13 jobs as we sit here today, Thanksgiving week, open in the FBS. I'm going to leave you with this final question. Let's just say with all of the coaching carousel moving, you've got 13 open jobs now for the sake of this conversation. Let's say total 18 jobs come open with movement here, there, and the other. Do you think Dan Mullen will be employed at one of those 18 jobs? My gut feeling is yes, because I think he knows, uh, first of all, he's capable of getting a job. Uh, right. I mean, I, I, I mean, what we're talking about here, Matt, it, a lot of this is inside baseball, but because, you know, I mean, you cover college football from a, a very tall tower. I, I cover it from a toxic waste dump. So, you know, the, 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 the combination of it, uh, you know, it puts a pretty good spin on where we are. Uh, and it, if Mullen sits out a year, I, I don't think he helps himself. Right now, you can enter, you know, two weeks from now, you introduce Dan Mullen at a press conference, wherever that is. And he's a pretty big name. You win. Uh, a year right. from the, yeah, a year from now, I don't know if he's, if, you know, if he has the same cachet. Uh, so I would try to get him a job pretty quickly. And, and I think he's capable of getting a job. I'll, my thought on as we wrap up here and get to headlines, I find that the rest of the college football world from Big Ten country to Big 12 country to Pac-12 country to the ACC, which has a, a, a Southern footprint, I find that people look at the SEC dominant, but I find that people look at the SEC as dysfunctional in that you can win a national championship in 2019 and be fired a year and a half later. You can go to three New Year's Six Bowl games and have the third highest winning percentage behind two legends, and you get fired. And so I will be interested to see the national look at this because people are looking down south and saying, well, hell, I thought he was doing a good job. Who would want to go down there and not get appreciated for doing what he did this is going to be telling, Paul. This could be a fun one to watch, with, especially with both these jobs, LSU and Florida, now open. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we say it a lot, but, uh, you know, it, it, you win a national championship and, and get fired two years later. Does it, can that happen? Well, it's happened twice. <laughs> it happened to Gene Chizik after 12, and it happened to Ed Ogeron a few weeks ago. Dan Mullen never won a national championship, although he was in contention last year until late in the year. Um, but, it, but, but his resume at Florida – at most schools would get you a raise. And at Florida, it got him a raise just a few months ago. Today he's fired. So that's the headline in college football for today as we move now to the final weekend of the regular season. Right. The headline. All right. Headline time. I'm going to do this in a way that we haven't done it before because of the uniqueness of the weekend of Thanksgiving and college football. So I'm going to start on Turkey Day, Thursday, November 25th. Write the headline for the Egg Bowl between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I would go with Kiffin survives, uh, finishes regular season 10 and 2. And then goes to, or is that it? You're just going to give him the – he's going to stay in Oxford? Uh, as speculation about his future <laughs> reigns. 
Kiffin gets 10th win at Ole Miss as he gets ready to accept the USC, LSU, Virginia Tech, Florida, and yeah. Miami jobs. That would be and, a very and, 20- as, as he's walking off the field, they ask him about the rumors, and he 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 looks at them as he doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that that's very 2021. I'm gonna skip over the Friday games because Although I'm calling North Carolina, North Carolina State, NC State still has an opportunity right. to get to the ACC championship. They need to win on Friday and then a wake loss. Likely the last time we'll see Sam Howell uh, play college football. Cincinnati's got East Carolina Friday. Uh, Holt Naylor's their seven and four. They've got a good offense. Cincinnati shouldn't be peeking ahead to Houston in the American championship. That gets us to Saturday. Write the headline for Ohio State, Michigan. Deja vu all over again. Buckeyes roll uh, over Harbaugh. Poor Harbaugh. Just can't get it done. That's going to be such a fun game. That one's at noon Eastern. Write the headline for the Iron Bowl. Tide starts slow, but rolls over hapless Auburn as it heads for showdown against the Dogs. 11 and one on the season. Auburn would fall to six and six in that case. This one is going to be under the radar, but it shouldn't be. The final game of the Ed Ogeron era at LSU. They are not bowl eligible. They're five and six. So winning against Texas AM would get them to that. So write me the headline for Texas AM LSU in the final game for Coach O. Aggies roll over Tigers. Does Jimbo stay in Baton Rouge? <laughs> <laughs> did jimbo just coach <laughs> against his future roster <laughs> and, and that and then an edo rides off into the sunset have i told you my coach o theory on this podcast because i floated it around and i don't know if i've done it on this please, on this forum please do billy napier is going to take another job and this is the year he's going to do it because it's an all-senior team in louisiana lafayette coach o takes the job at louisiana lafayette I can buy that. I, I think he, he is not a guy that will – he doesn't need to spend time away from – He can stay in Louisiana. He can live in the same spot. It's only a 45-minute or so drive. He would be great. That's my theory. I, I, that's my theory. That's a good theory, and I think you're right. Uh, and, Thank you. And what a great coach he'll be at Louisiana Lafayette. Just to just be a raging Cajun at home. Uh, finally, the final headline. Writes the headline for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Bedlam. Finally. Finally. Cowboys up. Sooners go. Wow. How about it? I've I've written that headline before and been wrong. Because Gundy and Oklahoma State, they're already in the the Big 12 championship game. They're already in. So it's just a matter of can they get over Oklahoma? You think they care about that when it comes to Oklahoma? No, no, I covered that rivalry for a couple of seasons when I worked in Oklahoma. Uh, that was the Les Miles letter rip era. Uh, and, and that they, this Gundy feel like he, he feels it, that this could be the year that they take down Oklahoma. That's a name. You know what? Real quick before we get out of here, Gundy was always a name that surfaced for open jobs. That's been remarkably quiet. Gundy has, uh, he turned down Tennessee. He's turned down quite a few other jobs and not great jobs. I mean, Tennessee, I think would have been, but. I think he's there to stay. Uh, he's escaped. He's he's, survived, he's he survived some messy messy matters, but uh, I believe he stays there. 
Could that be the fish Woodward reels in when no one's watching? Ooh. Been very quiet. Could that be the guy that he just goes and gets and says, hey, no one's paying attention. You're coming to Baton Rouge. All right, that does it for the Week 12 edition of the ESPN College Football Podcast. Uh, Paul, happy Thanksgiving. I can't believe we're already at this point. Uh, but I love that we go Sunday, week off, and then Sunday because so much happens in between. And then the games, we almost forget what to talk about with all the silliness going on. It was uh, my pleasure, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Swaggo and Perk, an ESPN podcast led by its namesake hosts, Marcus Spears and Kendrick Perkins. New episodes every Tuesday morning. Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey, with can't-miss conversations. That's Swaggo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also available on ESPN's YouTube channel.